as we kind of had this conversation tonight, and here's the question. How do you hear God's voice in the midst of all the voices around you? How do you hear God's voice in the midst of all the voices that are around you? Now, here's the deal. We all hear voices. That sounds kind of creepy, right? <laughs> right? We see dead people. And uh, we all hear God's voice, right? Like, like, look to the person next to you. It's Halloween. Have a little fun with it. Say it a little creepy and say, I hear voices. <laughs> nice, nice. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We, <laughs> we all hear voices. We all have voice, hear voices. Everyone hears voices. There are voices speaking to us all around our life. Let me give you an example. Let me show you how this works, how we hear voices in our life. Like, for example, in the morning, you're sleeping in your bed, all cozy and comfortable, and your alarm clock goes off, and there's this little voice in your head that says, hit the snooze button. You know what I'm saying? Anybody with me? And then you hit it like five times, and then your parents... And then your parents cause you hit it five times or you hear their voice saying, hurry up, you're going to be late. And so you get all your stuff together and you get in your car and you turn on the music or the radio and there's more voices. Or you get on the school bus and there's friends and there's people talking or you put in your earbuds, there's more voices. And then you get to school and you have your teachers that are speaking to you and into you. You have coaches, you have, you have friends, you have best friends, you have ex Best friends, anybody got an ex-best friend, you know what I'm saying, I dirt bag, you know what I mean? <laughs> Boyfriends, girlfriends. And so all day long, we have all of these people speaking this stuff in our lives. And then, and then, check this out, then we go home, and then we have our parents speaking to us. Or we have to study, and we have to read a book or study for something for school, and we're studying, and, and we're reading that, and, and whoever's writing this stuff is speaking things to us. And, and then all day long, we just have all these voices speaking into our lives, and that doesn't even count the fact that all day long, we're connected to our other appendage, our cell phone, right? And all day long, this is giving us messages, and we're looking at our news feeds, and we have our Twitter and our Snapchat and our Instagram, and, and people are messaging us and texting us, and, and there's voicemail, and there's voices, 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 voices everywhere we turn, everywhere we look. So why don't we have a conversation about this? Well, I'll tell you why we have a conversation about this, because these voices that are speaking into your, into your life are powerful, and they affect you they, 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 uh, they speak things to you, and it begins to shape how you think. It begins to shape how you live. It begins to shape who you are as a person, all of these voices that we let into our life. And this happens over time in our life, and we begin to believe things, and things begin to get set in us as we do this. In fact, let me show you how the progression of this works. I'm going to write it up here on the board. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. But I want to show you the pro progression. What we listen, that's awesome, what we listen to, what we listen to influences how we think. What we listen to influences how we think. What we read, what we listen to, all of that influences how we think. What our parents say, what our teachers say, what our coaches say, all that kind of stuff. What we listen to influences how we think. And how we think, how we think influences what we believe to be true. How we think influences what we believe to be true. And what we believe to be true actually influences the decisions that we make in our life. And the decisions that we make in our life, uh, and these decisions that we make, influence how we live our life. 
And so it's really important that we understand that the things we listen to are important because the truth is, is that the things that we listen to actually have an influence and impact on how we live our life. Now let me break this down for you, uh, uh, practically speaking, and tell you, j- just so you can kind of wrap your mind around this. I remember when I was in high school, um, I, uh, I wrestled in high school. Any, any wrestlers in the house? Have we got any wrestlers in here? Yeah, a few of you. And uh, <laughs> a couple girls, raise their hand, that's awesome. And, uh, and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. We had girl wrestlers. Anyway, so, um, and so, uh, and so, we, so we, we had, I was on the wrestling team, and I remember after a tournament one time, our whole team went to a restaurant. The tournament was like in, a, in another state. It was a long drive away. And so we went to this restaurant. We all walked into the restaurant. We sat down. And we're hanging out in the restaurant. And, and I can't remember what the name of the restaurant was. I mean, I remember the details of the conversation, but I can't remember the restaurant. But just for the sake of the conversation, let's just pretend that it's a Waffle House. Anybody love Waffle House? Like, OMG, like Waffle House is the bomb.com. And uh, just kidding, and I'm weird, and it's all good. And, uh, and so I love Waffle House. In fact, when I go to Waffle House, I get the All-Star Special. Anybody with me? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you go, girl, you know. And, uh, dude, I love the All-Star Special. I get, I get the eggs over medium. I get the hash browns, like, covered, smothered, topped. Like, you name it, if you can pile it on there, I'm like, pile it on, homeboy. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then I, get, I get my pancakes with pecans. They don't have pancakes at Waffle House. I get my waffles with pecans on them. And, uh, and man, I dig in. Now, listen, if you know anything about the All-Star Special, you know that the All-Star Special comes with toast. I say, no, thank you. I say no thank you. Some people say, oh, man, that's cinnamon, raisin toast, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. I don't want any toast on my plate. I, if it ain't sloppy and nasty, I don't want to eat it. And so anyways, we're way off track here. <laughs> so I'm at Waffle House. Food just gets my ADD going. Anyways, so we're at Waffle House, and, uh, and we're hanging out, and we ordered our drinks, and the waiter comes over to the table, and he sits our drinks down on the table, and he throws like a handful of straws down on the table, and one of the guys... Bless you. And uh, one of the guys that was sitting at the table, he reaches over and he picks a straw up and he begins to take the wrapping off of it like this and he puts it in his cup. And right when he does that, our coach from across the table says, what are you doing? And I'm like, whoa. What's going on? Thank you. That's why I didn't put any water in it because I knew we'd be in trouble. He says, what are you doing? And we're all just kind of looking at each other, and he's looking right at this, at this guy on my team who just put, put the straw in his drink, and he says, uh, I'm, I'm about, to, about to take a drink of my drink. And my coach says, with a sissy stick? <laughs> now, you have to know my coach. My coach was a heavyweight wrestler in high school, multiple-year state champion, was a collegiate heavyweight wrestler, has never been pinned in his entire life in all of his wrestling career, which is crazy. I mean, this guy was a man's man. He would hike the, or, uh, the Oregon Trail. He would hike the Appalachian Trail, way different. And, uh, and he would hike the Appalachian Trail. And, and, uh, and, so, and so he's like, you know, you're not going to drink with a, that sissy stick, are you? And he proceeds to tear a straw out himself, and he puts it in his cup, and he says, you cannot look manly and do this. And, and I'm going to demonstrate for you what he did. So you cannot look manly and go. And like we're laughing and all this kind of stuff. And now, now I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just going to be honest with you. Get out of here. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I was going to get a straw 
for my drink, but not now. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm glad he grabbed first. So I am like, I'm like ripping the dude, right? I'm like, yeah, you sissy, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, like I'm not gonna take the hit for that, right? And so, anyways, and so so we're having this conversation. Now, now listen, listen, I, w- I want you to hear this. One guy, my coach, said that straws are for sissies. And I listened to what he said, and it began to shape how I think. And it began to shape how I believed that I believed that, that real men drank out of a cup without a straw. And here's the truth. I've had people actually take like a napkin and wipe around the rim of a cup, and it'd be like just gross, nasty stuff. And they're like, you drink this? You don't want to drink with a straw? But, I mean, my coach still influences me today because I made a decision not to drink with that straw that day, and it's affected how I live. I don't drink with a straw now, have not drank with a straw ever since I was in ninth grade because of that conversation. In whatever restaurant that was, pretending it's Waffle House, my entire life, unless I go to a drive-in thing and I'm on the road and I have to drink to a straw so I don't spill the drink on me. Now, here's the deal. That's silly. Because the truth is, is that you can be a real man and drink through a straw. But I can't bring myself to do it. I can't do it. Now, this is what I want to tell you. That is harmless when it comes to something like a straw. But you believe things that you hear all the time that has shaped the way you think, shaped the way you believe, shaped the way that you make decisions, shaped the way you live on things that are way more significant than just drinking a straw. Because someone said something, someone smarter than you, someone that you respected. People walk around all the time and they hear things about, oh, well, God is a creator. Or did we come from monkeys? And they listen and it begins to shape how they think. It begins to shape how they believe. It begins to shape the decisions they make. It begins to shape how they live. Last week, we talked about purity, and we talked about being an example of that, and we talked about sex. And the truth is, our culture has a message about sex. It has a message that actually contradicts the Bible. We talked about that a little bit last week. But the truth is that if we listen to our culture and we listen to our friends and we listen to all the sources around us, it begins to shape how we think, and it begins to shape what we believe to be true. It begins to shape the decisions we make, and it begins to shape how we live. And that's just the truth in the world that we live in. And so what you listen to is powerful. It's powerful. What we listen to can actually shape the way that we live. And so we have to be careful. It's something that I talked about to you guys two weeks ago when I mentioned to you guys this. Guard what you let into your life. Guard what you let yourself listen to. Remember when I said garbage in, garbage out, that if you let unhealthy things in, then unhealthy things are going to come out. If you eat McDonald's for 40 straight days, well, then it's going to affect your body and your health. You can't put that unhealthy stuff in and it not start to come out of you. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you do. (laughs) And we got to be careful. We've got to be careful what we let ourselves listen to because, because the things we listen to are powerful. In fact, I love what, uh, what uh, Paul would challenge us with, I believe, to be the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 13, 9. In the first part of that verse, he says this. He says, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Basically, what he's saying here is this. Listen, protect what you listen to because the truth is there's all kinds of messages out there, and we are easily confused, and we are easily led astray. So protect yourself. Guard yourself. Do not be led away by strange teachings. So here's, here's the, the big question that I want you to kind of get here. What, voice, what voices should we listen to, or what voice should we listen to? Well, here's the truth. This is like the Sunday school answer, but it's much more difficult 
in practice than it is in just saying it. And that is this. It's God's voice. God's voice is the voice that we listen to. His voice should take center stage. In fact, in the Bible, interestingly enough, almost 700 times does the Bible tell us and command us to listen or to hear what the Lord is about to say. Like God is up there saying, hey, listen, I have to say like almost 700 times in this book, on almost every page, hey, listen, pay attention because I know that it's difficult for us with all the clutter and all the other voices in our life to know what voice to listen to. In fact, Jesus would challenge us with this in uh, Mark chapter 4. And, and he says, he'll say something in the first couple of verses, and then he tells the parable of the sower, and then he closes it out in the last couple of verses. If you got your Bibles open to Mark chapter 4, like I asked you to a minute ago, it's on page 1005 if you don't have your Bibles open there. And when I get there, we'll read it. We'll have it up on the screens as well. Mark chapter 5, or 4, I'm sorry. Mark chapter 4, verses, verses 1 and verse 2. This is what he says. And Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and set out on the lake. I want you to picture the scene. Jesus is right by the Sea of Galilee. Most likely is where this scene's taking place. The Sea of Galilee is massive. This isn't a tiny little lake, and, and there's tons of people that have gathered around, so many so that Jesus can't see the people, and people are kind of piling around him. Most likely it was becoming an unsafe situation. We see crowds following Jesus all the time in the thousands upon thousands. In fact, we know that there are times when Jesus potentially had twenty to 30,000 people around around him. And Jesus then gets into a boat and he goes out into the lake a little bit and the people are on the shore and he begins to teach them. And in verse two, I want you to notice what it says. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching, notice the first thing he says, listen, listen. Before he's going to tell them anything else, he says, listen, I want you guys to pay attention. If you're talking, if you're on your phones, if you're goofing off, if you're playing around, if you're, you know, whatever, pay attention. And then he goes on and he tells the parable of the sower and the seed. And then at the end of it, in verse 23 and 24, notice what he says. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Basically, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, listen, if you have the ability to hear, pay attention. Listen to what I'm saying. What I'm telling you is truth. You are hearing from the voice of God right now. Listen to what I'm saying. And then he goes on in verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. Consider it carefully. Listen intently, he continued, with the measure you use. In other words, the amount in which you listen, it will be measured to you and even more. He's saying, listen, listen and pay attention. Listen to the voice of God. God's voice is the voice that matters. And what I would say to you is, is that if the voices that we listen to are incredibly powerful and God's voice is the voice that we should listen to, then how does that play out in our everyday life? What does that look like? How does that apply to us? And how do we navigate through that? Well, I think that we navigate it in several ways. The first is this. Sometimes it has to do with content and sometimes it has to do with volume. All right? Write that down. Sometimes it has to do with content. Sometimes it has to do with volume. We talked about this a little bit again when it talked about garbage in and garbage out, but it's the content. Things like this. Like what kind of music do you listen to? What is the content of it? What, what, what type of things do you Snapchat? What type of things do you read? What types of things do you go after? 
and those type of things. What type of movies do you watch? It's content. Here's the thing. Movies aren't bad. Music is not bad. Snapchat is not bad. Those things are not evil. Those things are not dark. The truth is God has given those those things as incredible tools to engage people, to redeem those things, to be able to speak his truth, his love, his character through those things in our life. I get encouraged when I see people who are posting certain things on social media, and it's like, oh, man, I love that quote. Or, man, that scripture that they read and posted on here was not only timely for them, but it encouraged me. In fact, one of our leaders in here, Taylor Smith, posted something, I believe it was this morning or earlier today, and I read it, and I was like, bam, that is what I needed to hear today. And I see that on other people's stuff, and it encourages me. And the truth is we have the opportunity to redeem that and to use that in that way. Sometimes we have to check out the content. And so we can't say things like, well, you know what, the music I listen to, yeah, the content of it is trash, but you know what, it doesn't really affect me. Yes, it does. It does. The things you listen to, the things you read, the things you put in affects you. It's the content. On the flip side of that, what about the positive content, like what I'm talking about with social media and things like that and redeeming that? What type of content are you letting in that is, that is helping you understand and hear the voice of God? Now, here's the deal. Listen to me. If all of these voices are hammering us all day long from all these different directions, what time are you spending and carving out allowing to redeem some of that time for God to speak into your life? Let me give you an example. When I first became a Christian, I did this for like the first five to six years that I was a believer. I would every single week change out a Bible verse that I would tape to the middle of my steering wheel of my car. I also had the same Bible verse on the mirror in my bathroom. I would read it when I would get ready in the morning. I would read it in the bathroom before I would go to bed, and every time I would get in the car and close the door, I would read that scripture. Sometimes I would keep the music off so I could reflect on it. I'm not more spiritual or more amazing than anybody else, but I'm telling you something. I began to memorize tons of the Bible and tons of Scripture. What I was doing was redeeming that time. I often and have been for probably the last 10 years listen to the Bible in my car when I'm driving from place to place. I don't all the time. I love music, and so I listen to music sometimes. But, but many times, at least every other day, man, I've got the Bible on CD in my car, and I've got it playing in there when I get into my car, and I listen to the Scripture over and over and over again. And I listen to certain passages and things like that. What it does is it redeems that time. All the other voices that are pounding at me, it is me allowing God to speak his truth and his voice in my life. Maybe for you it's music and worship music and you want to put that on. Whatever it is for you, but I do these little things in order to do that. I'll tell you something else I do. I go to the gym and when I'm at the gym, I like to put in my earbuds with a podcast on from one of my favorite pastors. And I listen to a sermon. And, and I learned from that pastor, and I'm like, you know what, man, I, I've, I've heard that message. I've preached on that passage before, but you know what's cool? I get to hear how they communicate it. 
I get to hear how they speak it so that it helps me when I go to speak to you sometime. Then I'm able to communicate it in a better way because of the way I've been challenged and encouraged by the way that they've communicated. And then sometimes they'll pull out something from Scripture, and I'm like, dude, that's what I need to hear right now in this moment in my life. And I get challenged and have to have a little prayer service right there in, in the gym with myself. People probably think I'm weird. I don't care. I'm at the gym. I don't talk to any of those people anyway. They don't know I got a 12 stone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, but I'm just in there having my own private worship time. I try to redeem the time. So I want to challenge you, man. What is the content that you're putting in? Begin to redeem some of that content. Begin to think of how you can redeem some of that time in the in-between places so that you can begin to fill yourself with the presence of God. And here's why we do that. Because of the second one. Fumble. And here's why we do that. Because sometimes it's the volume. Sometimes it's the volume. Let me, let me explain what I mean by that. Every believer can hear God's voice. Every person who's a follower of Jesus can hear God's voice. Now, I remember early on when I was a Christian, and I talk to students all the time now, and, and, and I know that maybe you've thought this before. I know I used to think this a lot, and I would be like, man, when the pastor gets up there and he says, man, I feel like God told us to do this. Or God told me to do this, and, and I had to be obedient with it. Or you hear other Christians say that, and you think, man, this guy is cuckoo. Because God doesn't speak to me, and I'm a Christian. And here's the truth. <laughs> the truth is God does speak. God does speak to you, and he probably speaks to you all the time. The problem is, is that you've got the volume of everything else so high in your life that you cannot hear his voice. You have the volume up so high on everything else in your life that you cannot hear his voice. In fact, there's an interesting passage of Scripture in 1 Kings chapter 19 that really highlights this. In fact, I would tell you this. You cannot hear God's voice unless you listen. It's what we've been talking about. But I want you to, I want you to kind of get the picture of what's going on. And, and I'm not going to tell you the whole story. So you can go back and read 1 Kings chapter 18 and chapter 19. But it's the story of Elijah. And he's just finished uh, doing this, you know, God's finished doing this amazing thing through him on Mount Carmel with these prophets of Baal. And, and God's like showed himself in a major way. And, and then a lot, King Ahab's pretty mad about this whole situation because King Ahab is, is a believer in the prophet of Baal, and so him and Jezebel, his wife, sent out to kill Elijah. Elijah's on the run for his life. He's scared to death. He's afraid he's going to die, and he gets to this point of desperation, and he's like, am I the only one left? Am I the only one left serving you? Am I the only one left worshiping you? I don't know if you've ever felt that way before. It feels like when you go to school, you're the only person who loves Jesus and who is trying to do something for his kingdom, and it feels like that if you were to take a stand, that no one else around you would take a stand, and, and God encourages him in this. But what happens is, is that God tells him to go up on a mountain, and, and God's going to come, and he's going to reveal himself to Elijah and speak to him. And I want you to hear what it says in 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. <laughs> so he's on this mountain. He's in a cave and uh, on this mountain. And he says this, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Some translations say a still, small voice. 
When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave, and a voice of the cave, and a voice said to him, "Why? What are you doing here, Elijah?" God begins to talk to him. This is one of the most important stories in Jewish tradition. In fact, growing up, even when Jesus was a baby and and a kid and growing up, they would have told this story all the time to each other. That God wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. He was in the still, small voice, the gentle whisper. See, if Elijah was so busy, so crazy, if he was so focused on all the other external uh, volume going on around him, there's no way he would have been able to hear the gentle whisper of God. And I think it's interesting that God meets us in the silence sometimes, in the solitude, in the quiet, in that space where we make ourselves available to listen to him. But with all the voices and all the distractions in our life, it makes it so difficult to do that. I like to picture it like this, like a soundboard. In fact, I don't know if you've ever seen a soundboard before. I've got a picture of one. We're going to put it up here on the screen. This is, uh, they use a soundboard in the back to run the music and all that stuff in here. And, and, and each, one of these, each one of these knobs that are on this soundboard uh, represent a different channel uh, that is run up to the stage that the vocalists and the musicians have, and it controls the volume. Now, the truth is, is that if you were to take all of those channels and you were to put everything on the stage, all the vocalists and all the musicians at the same volume, it would not sound very well. It would hurt your ears. And so what a, what a uh, sound person does, technician, like our man Ben in the back, give it up for Ben. And uh, Ben does middle school, high school, and college Stud, thank you so much for doing what you do. Danielle, the whole tech team in the back, we love you guys. And here's the truth. He is trying to find the perfect mix of the sound in the room so that the lead vocals are the lead vocals and so, the, so that the, the backup vocals are complementary to the lead vocals and that all the music and everything fits together in perfect harmony on the stage. And so there's some voc- vocals that need to shine. There's some that need to need to compliment, and listen, there's some that just don't need to be heard, like mine, because <laughs> I can't sing. But listen, the same is true in your faith. There's some voices that need to shine. God's voice needs to shine in your life. His voice needs to be the loudest voice in your life. His voice needs to carry the greatest credibility in your life. God's voice needs to be the loudest voice in your life. And then you have other voices that complement that. You have your godly friends, your good friends that support you, that love you, that care for you, that pray for you. And you have your small group leaders and your connection group leaders and life group leaders. And you have your pastor and you have all of these different voices. And listen, and you have H12 where you can come and you can hear content. You can hear things about God and that challenge your faith and encourage you. This is a part of that filling yourself up. This is a part of that growing in your walk with him and learning how to hear God's voice. And so here's the challenge for you tonight, and this is kind of where, where I want to wrap it up, is with a couple of questions. And here they are. The first question is this. Which voice do you need to turn down so that you can hear the voice of God? Which voices do you need to turn down so that you can hear the voice of God? I'm not talking about turning God's voice up. In fact, in two weeks from tonight, I'm going to talk about how to hear the voice of God and what all that looks like. This week, we're talking about how do you turn down the other things in your life so that you can hear the voice of God. The second one is this, and what voices do you need to turn down that are leading you astray or into confusion? 
that are leading you astray or into confusion. See, I think there are several kind of voices. Some voices are just noise that distracts, and other voices are voices that bring disaster. Some are distraction and some are disaster. And you got to know what those voices are, and you need to remove and turn down those voices that lead to distraction and those voices that begin to take away and eat away at your faith and who you are in him. So the band's going to come up, and they're going to lead us. And as they lead us in this last song, I just want to challenge you guys, man, to do some reflection on this. Reflect on this. Reflect on all the things in your life. Maybe for you, you say, you know what, Derek, you're right. I do have a lot of clutter in my life and a lot of voices and a lot of things hammering at me. And you know what I need to do? I need to spend some time maybe writing out some things that I want to do, like putting a Bible verse on my steering wheel or getting the Word of God and putting it in my car and listening to it on the radio or listening, putting together a playlist for some worship music or doing something to put encouraging, healthy, good, godly content in your life so that it can begin to shape how you think. It can begin to shape what you believe to be true. It can begin to shape the decisions that you make, and it can begin to shape how you live. Make no mistake about it. What you listen to literally affects and influences how you live your life. Be careful what you listen to. Know the voices that are healthy. Know the voices that are unhealthy. And make a commitment to turning down the volume on those things that are unhealthy. Father, I just want to pray over these students. God, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to come here every Tuesday to worship you, to serve you, to be encouraged by your word. God, the truth is is that tonight isn't about Derek, Pastor Derek. It's not about the band. It's not about how good we can communicate your word. It's not about making a bunch of people feel good. What it's about is being in your presence, encountering your truth and your grace, and allowing that to change our lives. God, your word tells us clearly, apart from you, we can do nothing. Yet days on end, we go by living our life as if you don't exist, even though we say that we believe in you. And we wonder why everything's falling apart. And you tell us, apart from you, we can do nothing. And God, I know there's students in this room right now that are going through some stuff, and they desperately need to hear your voice. And I know that the reason they can't hear your voice right now is not because you're not speaking to them. It's because they're not listening. It's because the volume of everything else in their life, their friends, their phone, everything, is turned up so high that they cannot hear. And I pray, God, that tonight you would deal with that in them. They would begin to set some boundaries. They would begin to have some conversations. They would get some godly wisdom, godly counsel. And that they would begin filling their lives with the content that is holy and uplifting and biblically sound. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.